good evening and welcome to another edition of PZ85 Plays. I am your Game Master or your Light Keeper, Double H, and this is our Halloween special. PZ85 Plays Candela Obscura. We are continuing uh, assignment number 665, Dressed to Kill, this evening for the Circle of the Empty Eyes. Though properly not named uh, in the game just yet, we'll get to that shortly. For now, allow me to once again introduce your cast, beginning uh, as I work my way down the list here, playing Margaret Stockwell as Lindsay Wolfgong. I am here. Now. Say the other part. There it is. Okay. Now. <laughs> <laughs> the, the creator of uh, Podzilla 1985, Shannon Young, playing Jonathan Strangeway. Uh, they also call me El Nino, <laughs> which is Spanish for the, the Nino. Nino. You made the sound like you were going to tell me they call you the Leprechaun. <laughs> Tanner uh, almost did it. Uh, also, to to his right, for me anyway, uh, playing Patchy Tumble is Ethan Craig Miles. I'm a clown. I can't say it seriously. I can't say it without laughing. Um, <laughs> playing Elk at the Bottomly is the man himself, Tanner Calvert. I'm a leprechaun. No, no. <laughs> and uh, finally, last but not least, playing Lawrence Don Dan. Steven, remind me, what do we settle on? I think we went with Dan. With Dan or Dane, Dane. perhaps? I th- Dane. I that was Dane. Dane. Was Dane. I am just going to rewrite it, Dane. Okay, it's Steven Bright. <laughs> Contents of the pressure. Do not expose to excessive heat, vacuum, blunt trauma, immersion in liquid, disintegration, reintegration, hypersleep, humiliation, sorrow, or harsh language. Is he, Shannon, is he describing Happy Fun Ball? Is that what's happening here? Steven, do not look directly <laughs> at Happy Fun Ball. And do not taunt it either. Do not taunt Happy Fun Ball. Okay, so last week uh, in episode one, we did have an episode zero for this, which is a couple of weeks ago. If you want to find out all about these characters and the world of New Fair and the, the world of Candela Obscura, which, for the record, uh, real quick, now has an official release date. November 14th is when you can get uh, the book proper. Yeah, um, the, the hardcover book is 40. The uh, limited edition leather-bound one is 60. Um, and they're going to be selling that exclusively on their website. Um, I'm not uh, I'm, I'm not going to promote them because, frankly, <laughs> they get enough money as it is and we don't. So They have really yeah, cool I, candela pins on there, and I really like the true. dice set. And, and dice as well. It's They're not hard to find. Critical Role is selling them on their shop, so, so go there and, and get it. Um, but yeah, they they got a lot of really nice merch already. And yeah, November 14th is the official release date. We are playing from their quick start guide, as we talked about last week. Um, last week in episode one, by the way, just for a quick recap for those who are new, um, <clears throat> we were first properly introduced to our characters in the world of New Fair in the game itself, making their way uh, to an exhibition hall at Briarbank College, where an unfortunate incident uh, took place with a, a new um, invention on display by the name of Undark, uh, a glowing um, dress that a, a woman, a very famous model, as a matter of fact, was wearing, um, caused her to, for lack of a better term, melt. Uh, and so the periphery was called in, as were the members of Candela. Uh, our group mostly found themselves reunited uh, by the end of the, the episode, save for Jonathan and uh, Apache, who... I don't like that because it sounded like I said Apache. Uh, Jesse's not going to like Jesse's that either. Triggered. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, he won't found to themselves. 
found, <laughs> they, they, uh, the two of them found themselves at the, the hands of the periphery, um, which had just been seen by the other members of the circle as we came to a close. So um, quickly, I know we covered most of this off of off the air, but uh, any last minute updates, any questions before we get started from there? Yes, I, I have a question. Yes, Shanna, please go ahead. How are you such a good DM? Um, it's mostly because I figured out how to escape from the tower without getting the wizard's key. <laughs> it's turbo time. There it is. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, if there are indeed then no questions, then we're going to pick right back up essentially where we left off. So, uh, that would mean that we're going to start quickly, uh, or briefly, I should say with, uh, Margaret with Lawrence uh, and with Elk or Elkina, um, the three of you alongside the light keeper of this this circle of Candela, or at the very least um, a light keeper for Candela, Margaret, you and Lawrence uh, both know her as Octavia, Octavia Halpine, who had been leading you um, through this crime scene. You had made your way into the back entrance of the exhibition hall at Briar Bank. Uh, this is the main room where all of the, the inventions were being showcased for the, the Memorial Day celebration. Um, as Lawrence had picked the lock and you all made your way inside, you quickly ducked into the shadows um, because the room is now, the main room anyway, the main hall is now swarming with periphery officers. Uh, Margaret, at a glance, <clears throat> you would assume that there are at least uh, 12 to 15 periphery officers up and down this hall. And it's a, it's a pretty wide space. Think of any, any convention room that you've ever been in. They're kind of spread out. Um, some of the, the exhibitions have been broken down to some degree. Some people are still in there taking them down. And so there are lots of workers moving in and out. You're not the only people who aren't officers. Um, but the officers are definitely starting to kind of take over the scene. They're encouraging the inventors to, to get their stuff together and to move along more quickly. Um, and uh, so, yeah, at this point, that's mainly what you know. Again, it is <clears throat> starting to storm outside. And so the, the glass, like, kind of uh, paneled ceiling that, that is across the top of this um, is being pattered with rain constantly. And it's, it's darker in the exhibition hall. They haven't turned on all the, the main, like, floodlights that they would normally do when that is the case. It wasn't this way earlier today. It was actually quite sunny. So there are sort of shadows and darkness that you all can, can duck into. Um, Elk, you, uh, Octavia would basically sort of grab you and, and pull you along with her um, because the other two obviously have done this kind of thing before and are used to kind of ducking out of the way. Um, what do you all want to do <clears throat> as, they, as they kind of pull you into the shadows? I would like to make a survey of the area to see if we can see any sort of movement patterns on the periphery to kind of see if there's any chance of them sort of spreading further away from where we want to go. Okay, yeah, go ahead and make a survey test. I feel like I should also as well, if that's all right. Well, so this is, uh, generally these are like single group activity situations. Group? Now, what, oh, you okay. can't, what you can do, um, for the record, Margaret just failed that role. Yeah. Uh, normally I would ask you to do this first, but you could, if spend you have drive, it, spend a drive. Die to oh. give her another die to add to that. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> so I know uh, with my street smarts, uh, I can make, uh, I can spend any drive instead of just intuition. 
Yes, giving now, her normally, one, does that count or no? Normally it would not. I'm going to let it go this time. I'm going okay. to allow it this time. But normally it's only when you make the survey roll. Only when but I, since you're okay. spending it for a survey roll, and basically you're doing that, that I'm going to allow you to. Yeah. Right, so you can you can spend an intuition. Or I'm sorry, you can spend any drive because of that. Um, so you right. can choose which one you want to spend for that. Um, okay. Describe to me how it is that you're helping uh, Margaret undertake this activity. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess... Um... Whenever she's browsing or, you know, trying to uh, look out, I try to, like, just keep her from coming out of the shadow. I feel like she might be okay. coming out too far and trying to get a better eye on things. Like, no, look. Just yeah. look over there. Yeah. <laughs> your your eyes are more well-adjusted. Despite the fact that, that Margaret does spend time uh, literally underground in the ruins of Old Fair, uh, mm -hmm. your eyes are more well-adjusted to sort of the street-level darkness. Right, exactly. exactly. Yeah, sure. Okay. So you can spend a drive. So, Margaret, you've got another D6 to roll there. Oh, I'll mark a nerd. Please be better. Five. Oh, yeah. Hey. Thank right. you. <laughs> that, is no a, problem. that is a mixed success. Okay, so you don't get that drive back, Lawrence. Um, yes. <clears throat> so, Margaret, specifically describe to me again what it is you're looking for. I'm just kind of wanting to see if any of the other nearby officers are kind of clearing out from the two that are guarding our other would-be party members. Okay. Uh, so, <clears throat> the there are two periphery, periphery officers that are very close to uh, the two that you're describing, to Jonathan and Patchy. They're both, for the record, sitting on like a bench up against the wall. Uh, a normal thing in the exhibition hall. It's not been brought in for that specific purpose. Um, the longer you watch, the more you can tell that one of them is the only one that stays there regularly. Uh, one of the others is, is talking to this person and then will walk off for a little bit and then will come back again. Um, all the periphery officers that you've seen so far for what it's worth uh, appear male. Uh, and, and most of them are relatively young. There are a couple of maybe older ones getting a little gray in their beard, but they're, they're younger guys for the most part. Um, you do also, after a little bit, notice that the officers in general are not that concerned with the exhibitions. However, they definitely have swarmed to some degree around something kind of right dead set in the middle of the hall. Uh, and on a mixed success, that's about all that you get. Um, patterns are difficult to discern. It doesn't look like a patrol. It, okay. there, there's not um, there's not a dedicated, like, you can watch this guy goes here, and then five or six seconds later, he goes over here. They're kind of just going where they think they need to be to help people clear out. Other than the the at least the one who seems to be posted very specifically beside uh, your two potential compatriots on that that bench. Okay, um, I'm gonna turn to Lawrence and say, okay, one or two things. While there's two there, I go left, you go right, or we wait till one goes off and we both take out the main one. What do you think? I think you always give me the fun jobs. Um, <laughs> I say we wait it out and go for the big honcho. Okay. All right, if we're going to... Sorry, go ahead. No. If that's the case, I'll take an attempt at clobbering the guy first, and you get the other two's attention to get them out of there. Okay. You want me to just cause a ruckus and try to get them to follow me? No, because we don't want the rest of the periphery to get on there. Fair enough. Okay. <clears throat> okay, we're going to pause that there, and then we're going to cut to uh, the two of you seated on the bench. So when we last 
were uh, in your presence. The two of you were making your way later, farther down into the observation hall, the uh, the uh, exhibition hall, to see what the source of this sort of screaming and such was. What has happened between then and now to get you under the periphery's um, accompaniment, to put it kindly? You, you speak of myself and Patchy Tumbles, correct? Yes, All right. that is correct. I would assume that, and th- I'm going to not use my amazing British accent for this part because I'm just describing it. Um, <laughs> sure. That that Patchy and Jonathan are, are are trying to get there. They're arguing amongst themselves, and to the point that you know they're trying to sneak around. Jonathan is telling Patchy to you know be quiet, stealthy. Patchy, of course, immediately knocks something over, which Jonathan gets irritated <laughs> by, and you know says shut up. And then when he turns around, he knocks something bigger over, which catches the attention of the guards, basically. Yeah. Okay. So the periphery then, uh, at that point, you would see uh, a larger man, like like physically larger, um, not necessarily older, just bigger, turn, catch sight of the two of you. I'm feeding back on your mic, Shannon. I'm definitely doing it. I can hear it. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't either, because like, it's the same as it was are you, before. Are you maybe coming through a different mic? Hold on. Let me turn you down in my headset, because maybe okay. that's what it is. All right, keep talking. Normally, it wouldn't throw me off. <clears throat> no, we're good now. Yeah, okay. that's definitely I it. think I just had it too um, loud in my headset. Yeah, no worries. So uh, one of the uh, larger member of the guard would then turn basically and see the two of you there. And again, there are other people milling about the hall. Um but it's pretty clear that you two are not down here to try to put stuff away, to try to clear out that you should be heading in the other direction. Um, what would your interaction with the guard be, or I'm not sorry, not the guard, the, the periphery officer that would lead to him kind of detaining the two of you? I would, I would like to think that when he would come over and say, what's the noise over here? Jonathan would point at Patchy and say something like, I can't get my clown under control. (laughs) (laughs) Patchy just kind of blushes. It's like, I I don't know how to react to that. (laughs) Um, So basically at this point, if you're not putting up a fight, then he's going to make it clear that um, any performers should either have already left or should be packing up their things. Uh, And he's going to ask the two of you then to have a seat. It's not, it's not like hostile. Like he's not necessarily holding you, uh, detaining you for lack of a better term. He would probably say something about how his commanding officer or his captain uh, is going to want to have a chat with you because he's trying to talk to as many people here who were here when the incident took place as he can. And so the impression might have been given off to the other three that you guys are you're under, again, some kind of detainment um, when in reality he's he's politely asked you to wait for the most part. I mean, it's it's a bit commanding, but you don't get the idea that you're under arrest or anything like that. Well, my advice to Patchy would be to keep quiet, keep your mouth shut, and we'll get out of this okay. She just kind of buckles up and goes, mm-hmm. And no whimpering either. God, I hate the whimpering. <laughs> okay. So, importantly... 
all of that was at this point at least 30 to 45 minutes ago. No one has come to talk to you. No one has really explained what's happening. And there's a totally different officer who's now posted beside you and has been for some time. This is a much younger guy. Um, he's not talking to you. He is full on uh, like Tower of London soldier, right? Guard. He is just standing there, hands in front of him, clasped, looking dead ahead, not paying attention to either of you. It's been some time and no one is giving you any answers. What are you doing? So he can't see us. He can. I mean, he's just not looking directly at it. Like if you're, if the two of you were seated on the bench, Jonathan, you're probably on the side where he is. He's standing right beside you. You two have been seated facing forward and he's just standing there right beside you. Like a bouncer at a club. Uh, well, the first thing I would do is, you know, kind of poke him in the arm and ask him, uh, <laughs> ask him how much longer we're going to, how much longer I'm going to have to sit here next to this thing. <laughs> um, he would uh, it takes him a minute to sort of react and he, he looks over at you it's almost a nervous look but he looks over at you and he looks back ahead and he says Captain will be here any minute it was any minute 40 minutes ago and at that point Jonathan he just he lowers his head and just drops his accent just uh, this this is a nightmare <laughs> Stuck here with you and him with well, you. Well, it's not pleasant for me either. Which should be pleasant for you. You're sitting next to the biggest star in this city. Learn some oh. lessons. Take some notes. Do something with your time. Take some notes. Okay. She whips out like a notepad and some and a pen. I'm just impatient. And Jonathan then grabs <laughs> grabs the notepad immediately from her and throws it and smacks the guard in the arm with it. Like, go get somebody! <laughs> um, Jonathan, at this point, in, in, in your sort of being flustered, I imagine the camera is focused, like, directly on you. We can only see this guard from, like, the, the you know, kind of waist down. Um, but we can see that he sort of leans over to you and he goes, What happened to your accent? Jonathan just kind of flustered. He rubs his eyes. Oh, the accent. The accent's just for show. People pay a lot more money when they think you're foreign. I don't know what it is. What's with your accent? Yeah. Uh, again, we don't we don't see him from the waist up. You just see him like kind of stay where in the position he's in for a second, and then he straightens back up. Um, no, no, really. Perhaps a little embarrassed. <laughs> He's, just, he's gonna continue. No, really. Is that is that authentic, or are you putting on airs? What's okay? Uh... Pause that. <laughs> Cut back to the other group. What are you all doing? You're you're for what it's worth. You're well hidden enough at this point, and uh, Octavia has not given any specific direction. Uh, Margaret, you get the idea that she's also kind of, for lack of a better term, casing the joint, trying to figure out the next move. But she has sort of overheard your plan. Um, elk to you she would uh lean in and quiet i mean she's she's like stage whispering for lack of a better term uh i'm not gonna whisper because it won't pick up on the mic but she she basically leans into you and asks how much you know about this space since you do of course attend school here 
Uh, I, <clears throat> elk response is, is, is it the library? Because if not, then not a lot. <laughs> um, you hear her kind of mutter under her breath, damn. Uh, and so then a second later, <clears throat> Marguerite, she, she turns back to you and says, sounds like you've got a plan, love. Uh, yeah, knock them out and get them over here with us and get the hell out. It's an awful lot of officers. And of course, if we were to do such a thing, we'll never get closer to that dress. So we need to get closer to the dress. Gotcha. Well, I could attempt to act. I'm not great at it, but I could pretend maybe my mother and Alice were in here and I'm looking for them. She uh, she does a thing where she kind of taps her temple and she goes, that's using your head. Um, Elk to you, she goes, perhaps we should find somewhere a bit quieter. And so I I, yeah, you, <laughs> my world's turned upside down right now. You lead the way. She, um, Octavia points to like a sort of like a side room. I mean, there's a bunch of different halls here. Jonathan had a, a whole auditorium to himself that was built off to the side. There's a bunch of different, uh, kind of side rooms. And she goes, let's try that one. Um, Elk, I am, since you are moving with her, I am going to need you to make a high roll to avoid being seen. Damn. <laughs> okay, here we go. I have faith in you. Oh, hey. Three. Oh, damn. It is a three. Um, normally, I wouldn't do this, but because you are moving with an NPC of some import... I'm going to basically burn a drive, even though she doesn't actually have stats. I'm going to give you an additional d6 to throw on that. Okay. Something better. Nope. Oh. I said better. Oh, no. Okay. We should know by now the dice don't All like right. me. I should keep my mouth shut. Nope. So the two of you start to... Octavia sort of like Margaret was doing, kind of looks for, for patterns and is basically looking for a break in the um, the activity to make it across. Um, she grabs your hand and she starts to move across the way. Uh, and you, the two of you don't get probably more than 10 to 15 feet away from the, the shadows to the space that she's talking about when there is this crash and this flash of lightning outside. It illuminates the area just enough that a couple of the officers see your shadows thrown against the wall. And they turn, hey, what are you doing over there? And Octavia kind of nudges you and just goes, play along. Um, they come over and she starts to explain that um, she actual name she throws out a, a fake name in the moment and it's it's like it's second nature to this woman for her to tell them that her name is the amazing jewel pandy and of course she's been performing uh in this day and that uh you one of her faithful assistants has been attempting to round up the remainder of, of the uh the others and they basically they've got their little batons they're they're uh not tonfas but like police batons um Shillelis. they've got them out yeah more or less mm -hmm. um 
billy club type things and and they they literally start prodding the two of you away from the area where you are going let's get you out of here come on let's go we told you all to clear out 20 minutes ago um she's protesting but at the same time she keeps giving you that look like just play along just play along um better to be removed is the impression that she's giving than to be caught for lack of a better term so Oh, could I cause? Could I, could I try causing another scene like I was trying to earlier, and maybe distract the rest of the officers? Maybe. Hmm. I'm gonna try to cause a scene. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play along. Okay. Uh, kind of, but at the same time, causing a scene. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to the old trick I tried last week. I, you know, I want. Do you have any idea who you're poking and prodding? Do you have any idea what my family is known for? Ooh. Okay, so I'm going to ask you to make a sway roll. I'm going to tell you this is this is a high stakes roll uh, because your story is a little different from what Octavia just laid out there. And so convincing them that you are sort of a high born person, but working as an assistant is going to be a little more difficult than it might normally be. Okay, It's called an intern. So that means I roll three, correct? Uh, you have two in sway. Okay, two, okay. You want to so burn a two. drive if you want. You yeah, you have three drive. You have three cunning drives. You could burn a drive if you like. You can burn as many as you want, actually. Yeah, I'm gonna burn one. Okay, so then you'll roll three d six. Remember, the last die is your. Well, you don't have a gilded die on this one. Oh hey, a six. Okay, all right, a six is a full success. <laughs> um. So tell me again what exactly it is that you say. I'm, basically, I'm like, they start poking your prodding, and I'm like, look, just because I'm working with someone like this doesn't mean I, I'm not a means. Do you have any idea who my family is? Do you have any idea what my family means to this, this university and this town? Octavia um, sort of picks up on the ruse that you're throwing out and says, yes, yes. Are you certain, gentlemen, that you'd like to throw out from his own exhibition hall, a hall named for his family, um, the the generous, and she throws out a name, because uh, they, they didn't look that closely on the way in, um, you know, his father will never hear the end of this if you were to do so. And getting him to, to intern uh, with my association was difficult enough as, at best. Um, the two of them, they stopped prodding you at the very least, Um but you can tell that there's this, hold on a second, you know, they turn, they start talking to each other. Um, you hear little whispers of like, we've been dealing with this all day. Like there's, this is the sort of thing they've been constantly inundated with today. Everybody thinks they're famous. Everybody's a big name. Um, so at the very least, those guys are occupied for the moment. Okay. Well, we can, <clears throat> I look at Octavia, I'm like, well, we can try to slip out here. Or keep pressing her luck. <clears throat> Octavia, I uh, cast a glance over toward Margaret and Lawrence, where the two of you are. Margaret, she catches your eye, and you see her just nod. Just a quick little sort of imperceptible. If you're not looking for it, you wouldn't know what to see. Quick little nod in your direction. We're going to pause that. Back to the two of you on the bench. What are you doing? The guard, by the way, nearby, you can now hear there's some commotion further down the hallway, but the guard beside you, Jonathan, has still not moved. So, in a mirror image of what you just heard, Jonathan is yelling at the guard, Do you know who I am? 
Do you, do you really want to? <laughs> you really want to detain the biggest star in this godforsaken place and his clown? <laughs> Patch just kind of like. <laughs> He um, now that he's interacted with you once, Jonathan. You you see this guy, sort of like talk out the side of his mouth like this. Um, and he says, "Of course I know who you are, Mister Strangely. I've been to your show twice a week for months now. You're I think you're awesome. You're huge and Jesus fast." Christ. Um, <laughs> but he he makes it very clear he knows exactly who you are. But he says, "You know, but I'm under orders, sir." Well. What if, under orders, I am parched? Could I ask you to go get me some water? Being on stage all day takes a lot out of a man, as you know, from coming to my shows. I do speak a lot, and I'd hate to cancel an entire week of shows because of the parchment. It's interesting. Parchment. The, the, the parchment. <laughs> uh, go ahead and make a sway roll for me. I will tell you that this is this is medium stakes. Uh, there's no big like consequence. There's no major consequence. You're not life or death here uh, or detainment. But uh, so if I remember correctly, I got a two in sway. So that's two one d sixes. Yep, and your sway is gilded as well. So your last die is a gilded die, meaning that if you um, take the result on it, you get a drive back if you're down on a drive. So importantly, if you'd like to burn a drive, um, you have a chance of getting it back. Yeah, let's burn a drive. Let's do that. Okay. So that's three so, D6, right? One D6. Yes, and, and that'll bring you down to two remaining cunning drives. Alright, let's see if I can do this correctly. Oh. Wow. Oh. Okay. okay. Right. Oh my so, so what that means, you got a six on the gilded, you got another six as well, and that means that this is a critical success. Plus you're taking the six on the gilded, which means you get that drive back too. That's yeah. a good role. That's about the best possible role that you could have hoped for. He's a magician uh, in, this, in this specific situation. Yeah. He's okay. So, um, the <laughs> the guard beside you, you see him like he kind of starts bouncing like on the on on his heels in a way, like he's he's kind of weighing his options and getting a little antsy. Um, I'll sweeten the pot and and tell him, you know, if you did get me a glass of water. I'm sure I could find a way to get you into the VIP section of my show. I'm sure you've seen my lovely assistant, Staria. <laughs> uh, you see him kind of like, uh, before where he was kind of like rocking back and forth on, on his heels. Now he's kind of like bouncing. It's almost like he has to use the restroom. Uh, <laughs> but you get the idea that he's actually getting kind of giddy and kind of excited about this. And, and he goes, uh, uh, all right, all right, okay. You just, you just gotta. He, like now, he's speaking frantically. You just gotta promise me you won't go anywhere. No, I'll no, be right back. You right promise, back. right, Patchy, Patchy, right back. Right, right, right. Promise. Yes. Stay oh quick. yes, yes, you too. Um, it's almost like he forgot you were there. He's like, yes, of course, yes, you too. Um, uh, <laughs> I imagine that he pulls the uh, it's the Scott Lang bit from from Civil War. He's been talking to Jonathan the whole time, and then he sees Patchy. He's like, oh yeah, I know you too. You're you're great. Uh, <laughs> so, no. Oh no. Hold on, Hunter. Uh -oh. oh no. Hold oh. on. You have a little internet hiccup there. He's hiccuping. Dead air, dead air, dead air. 
Oh no. Patchy just Ooh, this is a bad one. Starts juggling. I don't think he knows either. No. Uh oh. Oh no, he's going through the starts way and then come back. He's like just he slips all that. Somebody text him. Oh honey. Yeah. 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 I'm a message. Oh frozen. I'm back. Oh, there he is. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he's you, you froze. Right, this is you bad. I know oh, my connection is still really bad right now, so I don't. I don't know what's going on. That's weird. I have no yeah. clue. I think it just drops in it out. So we we heard up to the point of uh, Scott Lang. Scott Lang. Yeah. And you're great too. Then, but I turn my Xbox too. off just in case that's the problem. Okay. <laughs> so basically, from that point forward, he kind of uh, he actually starts to go, and then he. <laughs> Ducks back into frame besides you, Jonathan. He goes, just, just a minute. I'll be right back. Just a minute. Um, yeah. Don't go anywhere. Thumbs up. And then he he, he takes <laughs> off. Um, he leaves you. And now there are still guards sort of, or not guards, periphery, uh, still sort of milling about. Um, but he does indeed leave you completely unguarded. Um, so I have a question <laughs> about one of my abilities real quick. So the change of appearance okay. thing. Does that uh-huh. change everything, clothes and all, or is it just face? And body. So the the quick start guide version of it says your magic is usually all smoke and mirrors, but you do have one trick you've learned that is real roll sense when you perform it. And on a success, you take a bleed mark circle one option when you take this ability. It does not beyond that explain any specifics. So I'm going to say for our purposes, whatever you need it to do in the moment, short of creating things that you can take off your person. I'm going to say it will, it can change your clothes, but you can't remove them to do anything with them. So it could cause you to have a pair of gloves you didn't have before, but you couldn't take one off and slap somebody with it to challenge them to a duel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But beyond that, I'm going to say it can change your appearance. It can change your clothing. It can change your voice. It is changing your appearance in general. Okay. Well, so, uh, you said I have to roll a sense roll for that? Yes, yeah, so you will roll sense, and you will have to succeed on that for this to work. Either way, you will take a bleed mark for doing so. And a success is a five or a six. Yes, and you, you have two in sense. And, of course, you have three drives in sense as well. I wonder if this is the time to do it, or... How many? All right. So, uh, briefly, if Jonathan were to look around, how many, how many people does he see in the area? Like, is this something he could sneak? Is they could sneak their way through, or they're going to need a little bit of extra cunning? Um, if you you get the idea that if this works, if what you're trying to do works, that you could probably slip into the crowd of people who are again, they're not crowd, but in into the the various people who are trying to get their things together and pack up and leave the exhibition hall, you could probably slip in undetected. All right, let's do it. Okay. And I'm going to so, burn a drive on this too. Sure. Yeah. So you got a, a 3d6 there. So quickly, uh, before you make the roll, you, you're taking a bleed mark on this. So you have one bleed now. Right. Um, describe for us what bleed feels like. For you, so bleed, of course, is being affected by things from uh, beyond the veil that were to come through some sort of a thinning. Um, bleed generally, 
is, is painful in some way, but it doesn't have to be like extraordinarily painful. It can be like a, a quick, sharp headache or something like that. Uh, but more importantly, it, it often reminds you of an important time in your life, of a traumatic time in your life. It usually kind of mentally affects you that way too. So, so when you experience bleed, like any other time you've done this trick, what is it? What is it like for you? It is, it is a headache and it is a painful memory of failing his daughter. Like he comes back to that same thing over and over again of not being there when she needs him being yelled at by his ex-girlfriend. It is a, uh, it is, it's like reliving that moment times a thousand and, uh, it hurts both mentally and physically. Okay. All right. Go ahead and make that sense roll. Making a lot of this up as I go. I hope it works. No, that's fine. You got a success. Yeah, that's right. Five. That's right. Which is what you, which what you need. It's a it's a mixed success, but it is a success. Okay. Okay. So, Jonathan, so, Jonathan would turn to Patchy and and get close to her and say, "Follow my lead, and don't tell anyone that you saw what you're about to see." She just and, quickly like nods and is very frazzled, but intrigued can i do this trick however i want like make it like so he jonathan looks at patchy he does that thing where he puts his hand over his head like this like over his face Uh and he he winks at her and then as he goes down he's turned into that guard (laughs) ah okay so you so you want to resemble the periphery guard that was just beside you yeah okay sorry ethan go ahead she's just kind of impressed and it's like huh looks like you're not all just smoking mirrors well, not okay. always smoke and mirrors, but let me try this real quick. <clears throat> okay, boyo. <clears throat> okay, boyo. <laughs> ah, that's fine. <laughs> Close enough. Okay. So yeah, you now perfectly resemble the uh, the the periphery officer that was beside you uh, a moment ago. Um, what are you doing? Uh, I'm gonna stand up, tell Patchy to follow my lead, grab her by the arm. And lead her the opposite way that that guard went. If the, if like if there's another way out, he's gonna yeah, go that way. Yeah, of course. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna pause you there. So you stand up. You sort of adjust your your periphery periphery officer. Uh, it, it's very police like. So it's the cap. It's the right. you know a jacket, probably a tie of some kind. Uh, maybe like a not a badge, but like a pin of some sort. Um, you don't have his weapon for what it's worth but you do you do resemble him otherwise he doesn't you don't have a baton like on your side um you stand up you get patchy up by the arm uh and we're gonna pause there and cut back over now to margaret and lawrence the two of you have been observing this situation and you just watch that happen in real time what is your reaction to that i nudge margaret and went that guy has more nerve than i thought initially yeah, and we got to go now. Yep. <laughs> so we're just going to book it over to them before they get too far away. <clears throat> okay. All right. So stepping out of the shadows, moving directly toward the two of them. We're going to pause that really quick. Elk, we're going to cut over to you and uh, to Octavia. You have these uh, these two other periphery officers sort of uh, distracted. They've been kind of arguing a bit. All of this has been happening more or less in real time. Um Octavia gets your attention as the two of you are discussing what to do and then points over to the bench where those two were seated and says, I think we missed the train, love. 
You're muted, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was coughing earlier. You're good. Uh, are, are the officers uh, still kind of talking amongst themselves? Yes. Yeah, they're they're still having kind of a discussion. Now, they, they to some degree, are um, kind of casting glances back at the two of you. Uh, I kind of, I, I lean in and whisper to Octavian, we need to find some way to get these guys' eyes off of us. We gotta, we gotta go. Okay. Uh, can I, can, can Elk have a look around the area just to see if there's maybe anything he can use to draw their attention away from him? Uh, away from he and Octavia. Yeah. Go ahead and make a, make a survey test. This is a, I would say this is a medium stakes roll. Again, you're not, your life's not in danger. Ah, okay. Full success. Um, so these two officers, again, they're, they're not, they've not let you out of their sight. They're just kind of distracted from your conversation. Um, Elk, you, you notice as you're looking around in your immediate vicinity, uh, again, most of the, the exhibitions are being packed up. The inventions are being packed up. Um, but that x-ray machine from the introduction that we described is relatively close. You, the two of you are not that far away from where the Undark exhibition was taking place by now. Uh, the x-ray machine is close. Uh, and as you sort of hone in on that, it's the only thing that's, that's left out of its box. You hone in on that and you see that uh, it's it's like a big sort of like standing curtain kind of deal and there's some machinery nearby. Uh, a lot of stuff that looks very expensive. A lot of stuff that looks very fragile. Um you know, if it were to get knocked over, if, if the plug were to get yanked from the wall very quickly, it would definitely cause a scene. Yeah, I'm going to just kind of slowly, like as if I'm just kind of like strolling around looking at things, try to try to make my way over towards that. Okay. Uh, you start to kind of wander away from that space. Um, and the guard turns and sees what's happening and goes hey what are you and Octavia um, kind of just prat falls basically like she does a thing where you hook one ankle over the other and intentionally falls in that direction she falls into them which then causes them to fall into you and you do indeed go tumbling into that equipment now fortunately it's not painful um, but this stuff goes into chaos mode Right, the sheet falls. Uh, there are several workers who were trying to get things moved. One of them turns too quickly, pulls the cord out of the wall. It sparks, um, it sends electricity flying out of there, like literally, like a small bolt of electricity. Uh, the folks nearby, there's a short scream from a woman nearby. You think it might have been Octavia? It's not clear, uh, but basically, all of these people are distracted in this chaos. Oh. <clears throat> well, while that's happening, uh, hopefully the the periphery. Are... <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm distracted enough. I uh, I try to make my way up and and help Octavia up and start moving towards the direction of our compatriots. Yeah, you're able to basically get out of that fracas and leave the the officers back dealing with uh, the other two. Now you are hot footing it basically because again they they are aware that they were looking for you. Um, you have. They have not forgotten your existence, basically, is what I'm saying. Uh, gotcha. But you're able to kind of all move in the same direction. So basically, at this point, all three pairs of you are moving into the same space. 
that all happens at once. Uh, there's sort of one side set of double doors that's open leading to a, a nondescript hallway, and all of you are kind of moving in that direction, as in uh, Jonathan Apache go, this might be a safe space. Um, uh, Margaret and Lawrence, you see them moving there, so you're following them, and Octavia Elk grabs you as you help her up and says, you know, there they go. And so we're all moving in that same direction. Um, once you all get past those double doors, it's a confluence of all six of you at the same time. The doors swing shut behind you, and you're all left in this, again, sort of nondescript hallway. There are sets of rooms down the, the side of the hall from you there. Uh, but for the immediate moment, there are no periphery officers there is uh, only the light of just some sconces on the walls, um, and it is surprisingly quiet. This is where there would be like an orchestral swell, and as soon as the door shut, everything goes silent, and you're all six in the same space. What do you do? What the hell are you doing in here? <clears throat> Following you, stop moving. Why would we stop moving? Because <laughs> we need to talk to you. I have nothing to say. Periphery. That's a nice trick you got Does there. Does Candela periphery. mean anything to you? I'm sure I have a few of them back at the... the ho what? What do you want? What do you want with me? Importantly, it would not. You know nothing of a Candela. You right. don't know what that is. I was about to say I have one back at my house, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got a few. There, For what it's worth, there are candles in yes. the sconces. So. Yeah, he Look, dropped... Magic Man just quit walking. Magic. Oh yes, he's the magic one. <laughs> Quiet, you. <laughs> look, look. I know I'm really the odd man out here, but we should really not be standing here so close to the rest of the periphery who are just on the other side of that door talking. We need to get somewhere safe. Octavia, um, as you say that, she uh, she leans forward and just sort of claps her hand on your on your shoulder again she's a tall woman she's not like broad or anything but uh she she's like equal to you and i she claps her hand on your shoulder maybe a little harder than before again she's dressed like someone from the eaves but she doesn't act like it like she's constantly fidgeting at her clothes she looks uncomfortable um and she goes i knew you were a smart lad um and so she kind of scans the hallway and goes let's take this conversation elsewhere uh, and so she guides you into a, a side room. Looks like just a, like a little conference room, like some sort of little office conference room, something like that. Um, she guides you all toward that direction, assuming nobody puts up a fight to that. Not I. I would put up a fight. I <laughs> Why would I follow you guys? I don't know who you guys are. I, I know this one and I don't like her. And I don't know you, so why am I following you exactly? <laughs> if you don't come uh, with us, I'm going to drag you there. Octavia now is like in between the two of you. Elk, she kind of like sends you off, like pushes you on the shoulder and sends you off. She stands in between the two of you and she looks at Margaret and goes, Let me try this one, love. And she looks back at you, Jonathan, and she uh she does kind of the same thing she did to Lawrence when she she reaches up and kind of like cups your cheek a little bit, which is weird because it's not your cheek, right? You're not used to feeling that. Um, your character normally has a beard, right? Yeah. A little bit of a, yeah. like a goatee type thing. Yeah. So this guy is, um, oh, this, this reference is lost on you to some degree, but he's a Weasley. I get He's that. a Harry Potter Weasley. Yeah. So he is shock of red hair. It's a total mess baby under face. his cap. Total baby face. Yeah. yeah. He's got the, the, the baby fat in the cheeks and everything. And so she reaches up and comes to your cheek and she goes, ah, it doesn't suit you strange way. It just doesn't fit. 
It's a neat trick. It's a handy trick. I but wish it's it, just not your look. I wish it were a trick. That would be a lot less scary than what it really is. But uh, mm. I, I think at the time being, I will keep this face in case it comes in handy. Thank you. She she actually encourages, she nods and goes, oh, certainly, certainly. I expect you should. Would you perhaps like to learn more about that trick of yours? Maybe how to better control it. Maybe where it comes from. Maybe how to make it stop hurting. He just stares at her, just goes, okay. (laughs) She laughs and like kind of pats you on the cheek and she goes, that's a good lad. Come on then. She ushers you into the, into the room. (laughs) Okay. That's all fine. Um, I I need more answers because I just kind of got drug into this. What is happening? Who are you? So Octavia shuts the door. She turns and locks the, the double deadbolts. Um, goes around the room she's got like a, a small lighter and she lights uh, a sconce or two this is a room without any windows by the way again it looks like a conference room of some type and there is indeed like a conference table with conveniently just enough chairs for all of you to, to sit around um, she goes I suspect that'll keep us safe for some time I'm going to still take the chair closest to the door sure absolutely Lawrence what about you uh, I'll take the a chair that has at least facing the door uh not like as close as margaret is but um far enough to where she has room to maneuver as she needs to sure everybody else sitting down no i'm pacing and i'm frustrated i keep reaching sure. for my pocket watch and i exclaim out loud i don't understand i know the pocket watch is there but it's not there it's <laughs> it's gone but it's there i don't understand love that love that patchy what are you doing she's hiding under the table <laughs> kind of like almost in the fetal position and not but just upright it's just like okay we can figure this out we can get through this just kind of just kind of think um, i i lean to jonathan and go what's up with your friend friend Fr- friend he looks under the table get out from under the table what's wrong with you we're in company <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I'm very confused. I just need to find out what's going on. I lean in close. It's it's simple. I change the way I look through magic. <laughs> so you should listen Octavia, to me. Octavia just... also kind of like bends at the waist, by the way, uh, and looks down to you, Apache, and just says, it's going to be all right, little one. Just stay with me. She just looks up. And just kind of immediately, in like a sense of like warmth, she's like, okay. So she, Octavia stands back up and she kind of takes her space at the head of the table. Um, And it's pretty clear she's addressing, in general, those of you who are not Margaret or Lawrence, right? You get the idea as she starts to talk that the two of them have heard this before. Or have heard some version of this kind of pitch to some degree. And she explains... That new fair, as every new fairy and every Halen citizen knows, is built on the ruins of old fair, of our ancestors, those who came long before us. We know so very little about what they were and what they were capable of. But what we know 
is that they knew things we didn't. That they broke barriers we cannot. That they interacted with those we deem unreal. And that they left for us a legacy we cannot choose not to inherit. Octavia starts sort of pacing as she explains further. There are places in this world that go beyond what we know as reality. We call it the flare. We call those places thinnings, thin spaces between our world and the other world. And I'm not talking about otherware, the city across the sea. So you mean to tell me that all these things all these myths, all these legends, there's truth to it. He's going to be upset. Oh, no. Yep. Indeed. The tension is killing me. Hmm. All right, how much did you miss? Oh, uh, you barely started. Yeah, well, no, no, Can we got to that. Tanner posed his question, and that's all I heard. We, we got to uh, the other where, and then that was where you left off. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's way further than I thought. I don't. By the way, I, I apologize, guys, for those of you listening. I have no idea what's up with my internet tonight. It's just throwing a fit for some reason. It might work um, better without the video. Yeah. I hate to say. No, that's fine. Yeah. I, I it's not on right now, so I'll just leave it off. Okay. So, um, other where? Okay. So she yeah, explains. The question I positive positive was uh Yeah, so I didn't hear you pose a question at all. Oh, so all these myths and legends and, and folk stories we've heard there's truth to them? Um she gets like a, a gleam, like a sparkle in her eye, Elk, and she looks at you and goes Again, I knew you were a smart one. Octavia goes on to explain that it's critical that the world at large does not know about these things. Not because they should be kept in the dark so they can be controlled the way the Office of Unexplained Phenomena would like things to be, but because at large the general public cannot handle what exists beyond those barriers. They're not a source of energy to be harnessed. They're not something to try to take control of. She pauses for a minute and goes, that's the mistake those who came before us made. That's why there is an old fair and a new fair. For the first time, she uses the phrase Candela Obscura. A dark candle or a dark light. She says, we, our organization, exists to contain, preserve, and make safe the world around us for those who will never know 
it exists or we exist. For the first time, she gestures to Margaret and Jonathan and says, these two know this all too well. Lawrence. Would you like Mark, to tell Margaret them more? Lawrence. Is that what I, that's what I said, isn't it? You said Jonathan. I want to make sure. Yeah, that... Margaret, Margaret Lawrence. Yeah, okay, Margaret, God, sorry, I I'm say... fucking rattled because like... the internet's been pissing me off. <laughs> Jonathan's yeah, like, I don't Lawrence. know fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mar- Margaret and Lawrence specifically. Um, she looks to, to the both of them in turn and says, these two can certainly tell you that what I'm saying is true. But I suspect, and now she looks back at the remaining three of you in turn, Jonathan, Elkina, Patchy, she looks at you and says, Amelia, you have a name. I suspect you all already knew what I'm saying. You might not have wanted to believe it. You might not have been certain. But you knew. All I ask of you as of now is to let that knowledge be true for you. It's no longer just a a fact. It is truth, and they are different things. You need Candela Obscura to answer your questions about this world, about your families, about yourselves, about your abilities. And Candela requires your assistance. The question is, and she finally takes a space sort of between where Lawrence and uh, um, Margaret are sitting. She doesn't sit down, but she takes a space between them. She leans her her hands on the, the desk and says, Will you answer that call? Amelia just kind of gets up and you can see that there's tears going down her mask or going down like from her mat from her eyes to like her chin. And she's like, I always thought there'd be other people like me, but I never knew I'd be able to find them like this. And she just almost like goes to embrace, uh, I forget what's her name again. Octavia. Octavia? Yeah, Octavia. Oh yeah, yeah. She she would absolutely she would take you in. She pats your back, and you hear her kind of do like a like. There, love. It's all right. I, uh, <clears throat> elk. She's looking over Patchy's shoulder at the other two of you. Elk looks at her and goes, "You know, these are things that I've had to." research so much on my own in secret you know this is this is something that i've always wanted i you know I'm, i didn't know anything like this existed i thought i was kind of alone in in this area for this this top these topics the subject this this thing that i actually love um so i will gladly jump at the opportunity to work with y'all to to learn these things and he, you know, he I, he nods his head, 
she nods back at you. You can tell that of of all of these sort of newcomers, you were the one she most expected to receive that from. And so it's it's less overly grateful. It's more of just a confirmation. She kind of just smiles and nods. Jonathan's just looking around and looks back at everybody. <laughs> what? Me? No. No, I'm not in. No. I have... You know how many shows I have to do this week? This this sounds like this is going to take up time, and uh, time is something I'm, I don't have. I'm afraid. So it was lovely. It is lovely, honestly. Melting women. I have this face now, but no, I I I can't. No, no, that's no. Stop looking at me. You don't want to learn some new tricks. Elk looks at you. If it's a matter, of you're not really going to let me upstage you, are you? <laughs> Octavia, by the way, has has let. Uh, Apache go at this point and is just kind of she's standing near the door she's not blocking your way Jonathan but she's standing near the door and she just kind of calmly places her hands on her hips as everyone starts to you know go through the motions of here are all the reasons why you shouldn't but she says nothing she grins at you and it's a Cheshire grin why are you grinning what no I'm not no stop grinning at me I'm not no no fine all right <laughs> Christ, you're good. <laughs> um, yeah, she she waits as all of these people in turn say different things, and she sees you looking at them and listening. Nope, nope, nope. And then finally, it's that last little. You just look at her, and she just kind of arches her eyebrows, waiting for an answer. And then, all right, fine, you know, fine, I'm in. Um, she she makes it very clear. She says, "Mr. Strangeway, please understand, this is not a demand. It is a request. It is a an invitation." More accurately, uh, if you if you choose not to be a part of this organization, then uh, you can forget we ever existed, and we'll do the same. Well, but oh. I suspect that the more you, um, as she walks up, she starts kind of fiddling with the lapel on your your uh, periphery jacket on the your borrowed periphery jacket which feels very strange because again you can't quite tell is it your skin is it your clothing <laughs> is it altered like there's a there's a feeling of it's moving you in some way and it sends like shivers down your spine um but she straightens it like a mother would you know and she goes but i suspect that if you continue to use that little trick of yours and after doing that, she reaches into her. She's got like a like a vest on over her her um her dress. She reaches into the the breast section of it, like a little pocket inside. She pulls out. Um, it looks like what you and I know to some degree as as like a cell phone, but think a little more steampunk. It's about the same size as that, about a, a rectangular size that fits in your palm, a little bit bigger, um, and it has. Uh, like all sorts of little wires and little circuitry and stuff all over it or what, you know, would eventually look like circuitry. Um, she takes it and runs it up and down you. Uh, like she's like, again, what we know is scanning you. You don't feel anything. You just hear little clicks and whirs and, and noises. Um, Lawrence, Margaret, you both know this to be a bleed detector. And it mm -hmm. is going off like a fire alarm as she runs it over Jonathan. She turns it toward the two of you, and she looks back to Jonathan and goes, if you, she, to finish her sentence, she'd said, if, if, if you, you know, continue to use this little trick of yours, sooner or later, it won't be whether or not you want to join us. 
It will be whether or not you want to be collected by us. Is that bad? He points at the machine. I'm just going to smile at him. <laughs> is that is that a bad noise? <laughs> she uh, she does not confirm it. She just clicks it off and puts it back into her, her breast pocket. Was that a bad noise? <laughs> the the general impression of the, the looks on the faces of the people in the know is it's not. As a matter of fact, I mean, to be fair, even though she's being cheeky about it, when she runs that thing up and down you and she looks at it, you see like a momentary her face kind of goes from amused to, oh, God, that's worse than I thought it was. Oh, God. And then kind of back to normal. Yeah. <laughs> outside of game or outside of the, the, the in-game purposes, you are you are radiating bleed yeah. by utilizing that ability of yours. And so quite literally, it's, it's you might voice. imagine you are like sort of cloaked in something from beyond the veil. That's what allows you to look this way. Your uh, cloak cloud, uh, clouded in a dark gray mist. No, hold on. <laughs> you gotta say it right. Here we go. You ready for dark it? Dark gray mist. There it there is. It is. Uh, well, Jonathan is going to try to play it off. Nervous chuckle. Um, he tries not to. I mean, he's a magician. He's a stage person. He's a showman. He knows not to not to show your cards too much. So he just kind of chuckles, laughs it off, and looks at Patchy and says, "Well, I guess I can't let." Amelia upstage me and he turns around and faces away from them and he does that thing where he kind of clutches his chest and goes oh my god (laughs) 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 and then he turns back around Uh with a smile (laughs) Octavia sort of slaps her palms on the 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 desk on the the conference table and just kind of to get everyone's attention back to her and goes good jolly good all right um, she goes, Lawrence, if you will, um, she had previously given you um, a couple of documents, one of which is uh, just a map of Dufair in general, and she's asking you to lay them out. I thought I froze up for a second there. That's no, no, just nobody said anything. <laughs> Hello. Every nyan. Every nyan. Yeah, she gave you those documents. She's asking you to lay them out for everybody. Me? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, you. Um, yes. Once so again, sorry. after she waits a minute, she comes up and kind of pats your head and gives you the... the she kind of treats you like a dog sometimes. Pats your head. And, <laughs> Good lad. You know. Um, I was just waiting so for as you're, <laughs> as you're laying these things out, she starts talking to you as a collective for the first time. Oh, shit. She says, Candela uh, is requesting your assistance to investigate a quite mysterious death of one Vera Montgomery. You all know of her, of course, to be this uh, famous model, uh, basically the most, one of the most famous models of, of New Fair and of Hale in general. Miss um, Montgomery was hired to exhibit clothing uh, that was dyed with a, a glowing green pigment known as Undark. Undark itself was what was being exhibited here at the, the World Exhibition. It's uh, one of the, the most anticipated inventions here, that pigment. And um, we were quite shocked as an organization, Candela, to learn that both the dress and her remains are, we've been told, radiating an incredible amount of bleed. Jonathan, she looks at you. And she kind of holds on you for a second and then comes back. 
She says, our goal here today is to discover where the dress came from such that we may follow that as a breadcrumb to find out who is behind Undark and what we can do to stop it. So with the things that are laid out on the table, um, the map in general is just of, of the area at large so that you can mark locations you've been, whatever you want to do. Uh, I'll, I'll provide that for you guys uh, in, in the near future. Um, there's also a picture of Vera Montgomery. Again, she is um, very young in her 20s. Uh, she is very pale, very tall, very thin. She has a dark black, like jet black hair, the type that would, uh, in, in the light probably radiate like a, a bit of blue or look almost blue. Um, the pictures that you see are very much stock photographs, right? Things that she's taken for other modeling jobs. Um, there is one shot of the Undark exhibition, but not while she's there. Apache, Jonathan, the two of you have seen this. You would have been up and down the exhibition hall at some point, and you saw what it looked like, but you weren't present when the actual incident took place. Importantly, there is not an image of Montgomery herself or of the dress that she was wearing. All of that was unveiled at once, and all of that went south very, very quickly. Um, so... Octavia says in her continuation as you're all perusing these these files um, that there are no immediate leads on who is producing Undark. It's apparently being kept very much under wraps, so there is a distinct possibility uh, that they know the dangers of their product. Uh, it is also important that any recovery of, um, and she kind of hesitates on the word remains, um, be made possible even if just a small bit for Candela's uh, research purposes. So basically, one of your, your regular goals as a circle is to um, collect a, a bleed-affected object um, to basically calm the people and to stop them from, from being further harmed. These are the things we talked about in your, your circle sheet early on. Um, so essentially, her suggestion uh, is that you're going to need to get something from her to the best of your ability and to find out further, you know, follow the trail backward. Where did this come from? Where might you then go to uh, have, you know, ask further questions, etc. Right. Well, I could just walk in there and grab something. I am part of the periphery. And she, yeah. she kind of like, like not finger guns, but she kind of like wags her finger in your direction. And she goes precisely why I did not tell you to uh, alter your appearance again just yet. It is very likely that will come in handy. She, he leans down to uh patch and says, she, she likes me most. It's not a competition. It's always Margaret. You were going to say something. Sorry. Go ahead. I've already forgotten what I was going to say. It wasn't important. <laughs> <laughs> um, Octavia makes it clear, by the way, at this point, you're welcome to ask any questions you might have of her, any other ways that she might be helpful. She is uh, open to it. She does like occasionally step over toward the door and kind of put her ear to it to hear if anybody is on the lookout for you all because you did leave in a bit of a hurry. Uh, so far, she seems satisfied that it doesn't sound like anyone's moving in your immediate direction. Well, I, I say let's let's go. Let's go. Let's go there. I can go there. Put me in. Right. <laughs> I'm down Octavia, to cloud. clearly you have a detector with you. I don't suppose you have a uh, containment vial as well, do you? She uh, laughs like a short little laugh, and from the opposite breast pocket, she pulls out um, 
those of you who have never seen one of these before, uh, it's it's um, you know like, like a pneumatic tube like you would use at the bank. Uh, they have those sort of swivel tops that you you put stuff in and you send it through to the yeah yeah, yeah. so it's that but it's much more ornate the the top and bottom of it are like cast in brass and they have these kind of ornate little designs uh, the candela logo is part of that as well which you now notice is uh, also on a pin that uh, Octavia is wearing on her lapel I imagine Margaret Lawrence to both of you are keeping one of those I on your person somewhere as well on, my, uh, on the collar of the almost like a brooch on the collar yeah. of my Sure. Yeah, sure. Lawrence, what about you? Where do you keep the Candela logo on you? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know if it should be on my person. I think I want to have it like on my cane, like as, Ooh, okay. almost as yeah. like a topper. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it w- it would be maybe like a design inlaid into it. Maybe inlaid not the full topper it. itself, yes. but yeah, mm-hmm. like an engraving in it. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Um, uh. So, so she pulls this this device from her her other breast pocket. Again, it's um, about that big or so. Uh, it'll fit in, into both of your hands simultaneously. Ornate brass uh, or some sort of metal uh, coppery type type designs on the top and bottom. Uh, and otherwise, it is a glass vial. It is empty, and she very gingerly hands it over to you, Margaret. It goes. <laughs> I never leave home without one. That's what I was hoping on. <laughs> I, I've got a little side pouch with me i'm gonna go ahead and sure. put them in it okay so you can go ahead and mark a uh, a bleed vial container on your on your gear you do have one now um she will for what it's worth also hand over her bleed detector if you would like to take that if if you or lawrence or anybody for that matter would like to take it if Say someone hi. else wants to take the detector i'd like to leave at least one slot uh free because okay. i have yeah, not I have revealed what i have but i have free. something with me prior to that so okay <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll take that. Um, okay, bleed detector. Yeah, yeah, she hands that off to you as well, and and says something to the effect of using it in good health. I always do. Okay. Anything else? He buzzed me we again. We should come with that up with detector. some sort of plan to get in there, unless <laughs> seeing so that you are don't... new to this show, I don't know that you're going to know what you're looking for. Uh, I'll probably look for the woman that is a pile of goo. Well, yes, but... That is a good indication. I may not be part of Candle Octavius or whatever you call it, but uh, I'm pretty sure when I see a woman radiating goo, I'll recognize it. Or do you think that's a little above my pay grade? Octavia, at this point... She has her she has her back to you, to you because um, she's moving about the room, uh, but it's clear, Jonathan, that she's talking to you, and she goes, that, of course assumes that um, you're able to maintain that appearance that long. Don't get too far ahead of yourself, love. Yeah, I actually don't know how long it lasts. If I, it doesn't really <laughs> so say. That, so that is also something that is not discussed in the initial bit, so we'll we'll keep that in mind. Oh, it's no. It's not said explicitly. It's going to be like that Dungeons uh, in, and in the past, scene where his face melts. <laughs> in the past for you it has been uh varying degrees you don't have to actively work to maintain it you don't have to to like strain or concentrate to make the the appearance change continue uh but you also know that it has on occasion lasted for as little as five minutes to as much as several hours there have been times that you have uh, not been able to sign autographs after your show because of course you don't look like yourself um ah. and so that has been 
on occasion a, a frustration for you as well. It's not a again because you haven't really studied this exactly how you got it. It's not really clear how it works. You just know how to activate it. Well, then we should probably get a move on then before this. And he kind of moves his hand up and down as his face goes away. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Octavia would say before anybody, as people start to sort of get up from the table, she says, there is, before you leave, one more important bit of business to discuss. You uh, yeah. are all... Uh, yeah, Margaret knows. Margaret knows where this is going. Lawrence knows, too, to some degree. She says, you are all now official members of Candela Obscura. That makes me your lightkeeper. And that makes you a circle. Margaret. As the ranking member of this circle, what do you dub yourselves? Take a glance at everyone else in the room, just briefly, and then bring my focus back to Octavia. I believe we're going to be the circle of the empty eyes. She, uh, she puts her hand to her chin, and you see her kind of look away from you, just kind of toward the ground. She mulls it over. You hear her say empty eyes, empty eyes a couple of times. She looks back up and starts also looking at all of you in turn. And she goes, all of you hiding something. Some more obviously hiding than others. It's not as though there's no life there. It's that there are so many lives that they appear empty. Yes. Yes, quite. She got very pensive there for a minute, but Margaret, she looks back at you and, and grins and kind of winks and says, you've a knack for that. It's all the time that don't have names. I've had some practice. <laughs> um, I would have called us the Midnight she... Coterie, but I guess no one asked me. <laughs> <laughs> Octavia uh, pulls a, a pocket watch from the, the lower, like, you know, kind of half pocket on her vest and looks at it and says, well... I believe my services are required elsewhere. I'll have to leave you at this point. That doesn't mean I'm not available. Of course, of course. Always am. She says, Margaret, if, if you need me, you know how to reach me. Send a yes. missive. I'll be along as quickly as possible. Or at the very least, I'll return as return your, your missive in time. She looks back to all of you. Gives sort of a curtain eye to each person and says good luck she unlocks the door peeks out briefly and slips through and as the door slips shut behind her you don't even hear her footsteps out in the hallway she's gone leaving you alone as the circle of the empty eyes for the first time what do you do i'm going to turn to jonathan so the officer that you're impersonating how much do you know about him what rank is he he looks around at the co at the outfit and says, uh, "I don't know. I know he has a <laughs> he has a terrible accent, though, that I don't believe for a second." Um, uh, Jonathan, since you, since you got a critical success on that uh, that initial to to get him away at the time that you you got him to leave, you would have noticed that the um, the the patch on his uniform says E. Fitzsimmons. And so that actually is mirrored on yours as well. The letter E period Fitzsimmons. But I know that my name is Fitzsimmons temporarily, at least 
Well, that at least helps a little bit. We should assume that he's low ranking. So what would a low ranking officer in this facility that they are working on shutting down be charged with doing? Obviously he was playing guard duty. So what can we spin to make that work to get in the room? Well, if he is actively looking for us now because we did escape, then he would probably be looking for his escaped prisoners. So if, uh, if no, no, no. Pretend he is not out there. You are him. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I could pretend to be looking for you. And then I wander into this room because maybe you're in there for all I know. You know, for all that still leaves you alone with no help whatsoever. Well, what would you like to do? Would you like to follow me? That's what I'm trying to come up with. What could we be doing so that you would have an excuse to have civilians in there with you? He could have us arrested. Yes, I rounded up most of you. And we're still looking for one of you. I don't know. Say but they're still taking us to the crime scene that they don't want us at. Because one of you said that that's where the other one was hiding. It's so simple. And you don't want us to get away, so you're keeping us all together. I'm not going to lose track of you again. Especially you, Amelia. Oh, hardy hard. A little flimsy, but what else do we got? Uh, I, I don't know. This is your show, not mine. My show's back at the theater, where I want to be. Look, I'm, I'm just going to be straight with you, man. I am not the talker of the group. I am the one that will knock people out when we need to knock them out. Could you start with this one? He says as he points to Patchy. No. <laughs> Well, worth a try. All right, well, what about you, bottom way? What do you got going? Bottom Lee. And call me Elk. Okay, Elk. You seem to know a lot. What do you think? I don't think your plan sounds terrible. Well, there you go. It's two against three. Oh, that's still losing, isn't it? Well, I think it's a good idea, and I think it's the only one we got. And this face it's might not, not ta- last forever. No, you're right, and we need to get going. But if we don't have any other better ideas, then that's what we need to go with, and we need to scoot. Okay, so I'll take the one that can knock people out. It's you, just in case I need to knock someone out. We'll take Patchy, because Patchy was with me, and we'll look for me. But not me, because I'm me. The, the the other me that they don't know is gone. You get what I'm saying, right? Yes. Okay. We're looking for Jonathan because yes. that's not who you are right now. No, absolutely not. I'm E. Fitzsimmons. Says it right here. And then uh, Lawrence, is it? I think. That is he. What does he do? I get into places that you want to be. Well, then maybe he should have the the tank thing and he should sneak in and do it and then I'll distract and something I don't know I'm not really the planner okay we can if we can get there you two stick together that you're looking for the other one to make enough of a distraction for the rest of us to get in and check out the site sounds good to me we'll cause a distraction patchy do you know how to cause a distraction yes yes I do I believe you Okay, so we'll all go there. 
We'll cause a distraction. I'll keep the guards busy. You guys sneak in, find this bleed, whatever that is, that's potentially killing me. And then when we're done, you tell me how I stay alive, right? Yes. Okay. I love this plan. Yeah. Are you All excited right. to be a part of it? <laughs> excited as I can be. <laughs> Margaret's going to stand up and head over to the door, but kind of put her ear to it first to see if there's any noise outside immediately. Oh, here, okay. I'll, I'll take care of this. I'll uh, crack the door open and look outside. I mean, I look like one of them, so I'm not really worried about them seeing me. Okay. Uh, Jonathan, you, you open the door just a crack um, out in the, the main hallway, because again, you're right off from the main door. There does not appear to be anyone in the immediate vicinity. Okay, so I'll take Patchy and, uh, uh, well, I guess just Patchy. Patchy and I will go and cause a scene. We'll all go together. When we get there, we'll cause a scene. You guys sneak in, right? Yes, but real quick, double check on the map here. Where exactly is the exhibit within this hall? So if you were to, to leave the space where you are, you were in a, like a side room, basically. So there's a double door, set of doors that led out from the main exhibition hall into the hallway that leads into the room you're in now. So you can leave where you are. There will be another set of doors that will lead out into the exhibition hall to go back. So you're going through doors out of the office, doors into the exhibition hall. Um, the Undark exhibition was right dead center. So it's probably... 50 yards from where those doors are from where you are now. You're pretty close to the center of the hall there. Okay. Easy piece. I know Lawrence and I can book it. How do you move, Elk? Uh, well, I'm not very athletic. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll do my best to keep up. How about that? Fair enough. All right. So the plan is to head on out? Yes. Looks like. And Jonathan, you're in the lead? Yes. All right. So, Jonathan, you, you'd head the door cracked. You open the office doors. You head out into the, the hallway that's going to lead you back out into the main exhibition hall. Uh, as you reach the double doors to go into the exhibition hall, they actually open before you can reach them. And there's a periphery officer. Standing in front of you, your eyes immediately go to his name tag, which reads E. Fitzsimmons. <laughs> you see the cup of water that he's holding. He looks at you. He looks at your name tag. He reaches over with his free hand and touches his name tag. Can I mirror his, he, mirror his movements? Sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He drops the cup, it splashes, and you <laughs> just hear, ah! he starts to scream, and that's where we cut it off. Do you think he sounded like, oh, oh my god! Like just, just the beginning, just, oh! Yeah. Uh, mixed success. Mixed success on the on the mimic roll. So. It came back to haunt me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not that, it's not that you couldn't do it, it's that there are consequences down the line. Okay, guys, that is where we end episode two of PZ85 Plays Candela Obscura, assignment number 665, Dressed to Kill. But we will be back next Tuesday night with a new installment. I think we have uh, approximately two to three to go for this season. We have two more Tuesdays left, uh, but there is a distinct possibility that we will toss in another. Actually, I guess we, we just have the two Tuesdays, don't we? 
Next yeah, Tuesday's yeah. the twenty fourth, and the next one is Halloween. Yeah, and we Halloween. talked about doing one, yep. yeah. doing one uh, ahead of time so it could be uploaded Halloween. So yeah, two sessions, two sessions left. Oh, boy. Oh, um, boy. How yeah, the hell are we gonna do that? We're halfway there. Oh, I have I have my little tricks, just like Jonathan Strangeway does. Wow. So. Uh, between now and then, first of all, uh, in case you missed it, we've already started this week off with a bang. We had an incredible new episode of the Howsey Tale Season 2 Tabula Rasa uh, titled Silence on 6th by our very own Lindsay Wolfgang. Uh, Shannon, Lindsay, and I recorded that not long ago, and it uh, made its way onto your podcasting devices last night. So make sure that you check that out as soon as possible. Uh, for that, we also have two episodes left to go for the Halloween season. Uh, Shannon, we got a bunch of other great stuff coming up this week as well well we do but hunter why don't you give us a little preview of the next episode of hollow's eve tales Let's give Ooh, us a little song. yeah so so next uh episode i will tell you in advance uh, so this is the the my one episode that's strictly me i helped tanner uh with his i got a co-writing credit on that like we did last year but uh my last year i did two episodes i'm just doing the one this year uh and then it is uh called civil twilight is the name of the episode uh next week uh we're gonna head out into that great vast blackness that is space uh, and I don't want to say much more than that. You'll just have to tune in to find out. I will tell you that you will want to stay past the credits. Yeah. But other than that, that's all I'm going to tell you for next week. Yeah. Well, you're not going to feed it to your family. Um, I'm not going to feed them. Yeah, we've got uh, we got some great episodes. October is the month of Podzilla here on on Podzilla. Well, I guess every month's the month of Podzilla here, but it is <laughs> it is one of our best. It's one of our better times to be a fan. It's spooky stuff all year, all month long. And I think last year we did a really good job at it. I think this year we're doing a better job of it. I think we've really come into our own in 2023 when it comes to October. Every episode has been themed around spookiness. And we've had a lot of great episodes, including what's coming up this week, which is tomorrow. We're excited to say that we will be uh, doing a new episode of Extras and Epilogues with a very special guest, Hunter. Yeah, for the very first time ever, our very own uh, senior Christian correspondent, Shelby Kimball, uh, is joining us on Extras and Epilogues. She is coming in to talk about uh, a movie that if we were going to talk about it and not bring her on, I suspect she would find a way to kill the both of us in our sleep. That is the Michael Keaton uh, classic. I don't know why I attributed it just to him and not Tim Burton, but anyway. Uh, Beetlejuice. We're talking about Beetlejuice. (laughs) Alec Baldwin and Gina Gina Davis Davis. and lots of others. Yeah, Jeffrey Jones. Tomorrow night. about him. Tomorrow night, we're uh, we're talking Beetlejuice for extras and epilogues uh, on Thursday. Well, we got Thursday. You know, I might even take a back seat in tomorrow's episode and let Lindsay be on with Shelby and you because I'm probably the least Beetlejuice fan out of everybody, and I know Lindsay loves it too. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Maybe I'll yeah. stick around. I'll kick in occasionally with a, a sly quip. Of if on- you want me there, just <laughs> let me know. On Thursday, it's an all new episode of Terrifying Tanner. Are you afraid of the after Tanner Dark? on pz85 and we don't have a topic that we're willing to to reveal yet but that doesn't mean we don't no, have we were one going through that list what list oh yeah what ign's we were griping about last night. well that's that's not ign's to top 25 list of horror movies yeah yeah of all time. we are going to be talking about the the top 25 horror movies of all time it actually wasn't as egregious of a list as i thought it would be but i still have some complaints we'll talk about that and we'll have a yeah. new top whatever for halloween and then uh friday i believe it's the return of horrors time horrors time as far as i know so we'll see if we can get kaz back on i know kaz has had a rough couple of weeks um 
I know he doesn't listen to the show, so it doesn't matter if I send my love out to him. But hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we'll get him back on there and the horses can run wild. Until then, um, go back and listen to all the previous episodes. Of yes, and again, next week will be the... Uh, there's that horror's time. Next week, uh, we're back right here next Tuesday night once again for a new episode of PZ85 Plays Candela Obscura for Halloween. But until then, for Lindsay, for Shannon, for Ethan, for Tanner, and for Steven, I am your Game Master Double H. Keep the lights on, friends. We'll see you then. <laughs>